Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Brooke, and this is Balanced Monday. Today, I want to talk to you about the way that we hold ourselves back and the way that fear can get in the way of our manifestations, can get in the way of the person that we really want to be and connecting to our most authentic and truest versions of ourselves. Before we get started, I want to give a little bit of an update as you know or you may know if you listen to my podcast. This month of June, I am focused on shadow work, healing, inner child healing, and just really focusing on a whole month of really feeling into the way that I feel and paying attention to patterns, paying attention to things that come up, emotions that come up regularly that are less than ideal and just really focusing on the shadow self. So I've been doing actual shadow work prompts and writing them out in my journal and kind of just like processing them. I've been doing EFT tapping on worthiness, on self-love. I've been doing uh, just listening to a bunch of affirmations. I have listen to some YouTube videos while I'm falling asleep, like subliminal videos or affirmations videos. And I've just really been going deep. And for this, it's been about two weeks now. Whenever I feel an emotion, if I feel sad or angry or upset, I'm really taking the time to be there in that emotion and kind of feel the discomfort of it. And I'm almost like being a friend to myself. So like, let's say something made me sad. I would sit there and kind of give myself the opportunity to be sad, to cry if I need to, and really just like, instead of reaching for a distraction like, hey, let me pick up my phone or let me watch this show or let me go do this task, I instead reflect on what happened, that it made me feel sad, allow myself to just sit there and be sad, and I kind of coach my way back up, kind of like you would do to a friend. I'm just like, oh you know, that thing really sucked or that was really not an ideal situation. And it's okay that you feel sad about that. It's okay that these not so good emotions are coming up around this subject. You're totally valid in feeling that. And it's okay. You're still so loved and still so worthy. And I'm just kind of like bringing myself back up to a good place. I can barely put into words how transformative really feeling into my feelings has been. And You can even apply this to things like happiness and accomplishments. I find that sometimes we don't allow ourselves to really take in our accomplishments or our happiness or like a cute moment with a pet. Like instead of just moving on and being distracted into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, really taking a few minutes to appreciate that moment. Like if you did something good at work and people are congratulating you on what you did at work, like take that few seconds or a minute to just sit there and feel accomplished. Like, yeah, I did that. I did this good thing and I'm proud of myself because feeling into our emotions is just really powerful. And we want to download the way that we feel into our bodies. And I am just, I've heard that for a long time and I'm always like, yeah, yeah, that's probably a really good idea. I should probably do that. I should probably feel into my emotions, allow myself the space to feel, yeah, 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 you know, keep distracting myself, keep moving on. But what I've noticed around the sad emotions is that when, when for me, I'm just going to use myself as, as an example because I'm the only um, evidence, I guess, that I have. I can, I'm not inside anyone else's head but my own. Um, if I 
move past something quickly, like something that made me sad or mad. And I just like brush it off, move past it and don't give myself any time. It actually can turn into resentment and you either start to build resentment for another person, for a certain place, a situation for yourself. And I used to think in the past, because this would happen to me where like I would cry and I wouldn't cry very often. So then when I would cry, all these emotions would just come out, like I'm just rushing out. And I'd be like, oh, I don't want to cry right now because this is going to take me like 30 minutes, going to ruin my makeup and all this stuff. This month of June, I've cried more than than I seriously ever have. Like in the month of June, I've cried more times than I've cried in a single year, like past years of my life because I'm just allowing it. And what I've noticed is like sometimes I cry for like 30 seconds and I'm like, oh, okay, that was nothing. It's like, oh, I just, I released it. I'm done. Sometimes I've cried for like 30 minutes. Sometimes I've cried for five minutes. But what I've noticed is like, when I just give myself like, okay, go ahead, cry. That's okay. And you know, like not in a condescending way, but in a, in a caring way, like go ahead. It's, it's just my body's kind of like, oh, we're going to actually feel this and process this and go all the way through with this. And we get to heal and move on from it. It's like totally regulating your own emotions, validating the way that you feel, giving yourself permission to feel, because after all, you are a human being. And then you you get to move on and you don't carry the weight with you. You don't carry that emotional baggage with you because you released it and you processed it. And, and there will be things like, even if you allow yourself to feel, there's going to be things that can continue to hurt and you may cry about it one day and you may need to cry about it again a week later and that is perfectly okay too. So just allow yourself to feel when those things come up because we are emotional beings and those emotions are really important. So I want to also say before I get started, I'm taking a little break from YouTube. Um, I'm going to probably start posting again the first week of July. I've just got a lot of stuff going on right now and I kind of got myself, I don't know how to how to like explain it, but Sometimes I, and I can tell when this happens in my body, I will stress myself into sickness and I can tell I'm not like actually sick. It's like, it's different. If you experience this, you may know what I'm talking about, but, um, it was very, very clear to me. I had a really big eczema flare up and just like some other symptoms that, that make it very clear that I'm like, okay, I've got to slow down a little bit. Um, and there's just a lot of things going on. So I don't have tons of free time and, I don't want to rush my content and in the past I may have just tried to rush and put something together but I really do want to create quality content that I create when I'm in the right headspace to just explain things the best way and really be a good content creator. That's mainly what it comes down to. So I'm going to just take probably two or three weeks off of YouTube and then I'll be posting again. I love having a YouTube platform but it definitely requires more setup, I guess the word would be, than a podcast or than TikTok. And my priorities really are TikTok and the podcast. Those are my like main um, audience-driven areas and the areas that I love to create for the most. So that's where most of my effort's going to go when my time is being a little bit constrained at the moment. So that's what's going on with me. And I did get a request in my DMs from someone. And this was really cool. So if you ever have anything you want me to talk about on the podcast, 
please send me a DM on Instagram. Um, I will say lately my DMs are so flooded and it's not like I'm getting hundreds of messages a day. Like it's not, I'm not, I'm not claiming that, but I get probably three to four messages a day and they are messages that I want to really pay attention to and respond to and give a good response because they're usually questions about specific manifestations and um, things like that. They're not just like, hey, hi, how's it going? It's like a detailed question and I really want to make sure that I answer them. So I'm doing my best to get back to them, but it is taking me longer than normal because it seems like as time is going on, they're just getting more and more filled. And I'll go through, I'll respond to everything and I have no messages and I'm like, okay, cool, no messages. And then it's like after a few days, I just feel overwhelmed again. So I am responding to them. I will respond to you. Just please be patient with me. Um, Because like I said, there's just a lot going on. Work life, personal life, balanced Monday stuff that I'm trying to take care of at the moment. So please be patient with me. I will get back to you. But this one is from Isabel. Isabel, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Like, it feels so good because when you record a podcast, I mean, you're just talking to yourself. So it feels so good to receive validation and like reviews, Instagram story shares, DMs, comments of being like, hey, I loved that podcast or I liked when you talked about this or can you talk about this? Because it makes me feel like there's someone on the other end of this and I'm not just talking to myself. So thank you so much. So Isabel asked me if I could talk about being content while single or ways to focus on yourself. And absolutely, I am someone in the past that was really like, I would focus on myself, but then I would also kind of absorb what's going on in other people's worlds and try to be of help to other people. And then before you know it, you're like putting other people's needs on a pedestal rather than paying attention to how you actually feel. And it can be a slippery slope. So first of all, Um, when it comes to being single and you kind of want to focus on yourself and not, not be like longing for someone or wishing you would meet someone or find someone, what I would suggest, and this is as pretty much everything always is that I share, um, this is really based off of personal experience. What I would say is really start focusing on yourself in a way that you are observing your emotions and your needs, and you are making sure that your emotions are validated and that your needs are met. So if you have, let's say you're in work, you're in school, whatever it is that you do on a day-to-day basis, start paying attention to kind of like what your set level emotion is without trying to change it. Like just start focusing like on who am I when I wake up in the morning, when I'm eating lunch, when I'm taking a shower, when I'm going to bed, like how are you feeling during those times? Don't try to create this crazy routine. Don't try to change yourself. Nothing like that. Just just see. Like, am I hanging out in a place of hurt, anger, sadness, contentment, boredom, happiness? Like, we've talked about the scale of emotions here on this podcast many times. If you're unfamiliar with it, just Google Abraham Hicks emotional scale or emotional frequency scale, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And kind of just see where you're hanging out most of the time. And this is going to tell you a lot. This is going to tell you, like, if you are someone that's hanging out in a lot of sadness, that should indicate to you that maybe you should take some time really validating your emotions, maybe doing some shadow work or some journaling and just being like, hey, why am I hanging out in this sad place right now without judgment, without 
trying to fix it, just understand why, understand the root of it. If you're hanging out in contentment, just be like, why am I always kind of content? Like what would make me happy? What would make me feel excited? What would make me really enjoy my life and kind of get the most out of my day to day? When you are single, you have the opportunity to do that because there's no one else's emotions that you really need to, I don't want to say absorb or take care of because those can have like a negative connotation, but you know, having a friendship, like even think about your friends, you want to be emotionally available for them and you want to be able to provide support and love for them. And when you're in a relationship with someone romantically, even more so, especially if you're going on a ton of dates, seeing them all the time or living with them, maintaining a healthy relationship does take your time. That It's not something you can just neglect and ignore. That That is something that takes commitment and time. So being single, you have the opportunity to really focus on yourself and focus on how you are feeling and put your needs on a pedestal. So kind of just find out where you're hanging out at, where your base point is. And then what I would do to really focus on yourself is start finding what lights you up. What makes you happy? Like if it was your goal every day or every other day or once a week to find something that makes you really happy, whether it's a hobby, whether it's just going on a drive with the windows down and your favorite songs on, maybe it's like finding some new music, if it's expressing yourself creatively, whatever it is, find something that lights you up. And the reason why is you're going to be nurturing yourself and you're going to be giving yourself a ton of love when you're doing this. Now, we know from a law of attraction perspective, like attracts like. And when you're taking the time to make sure that your emotions are validated, your needs are met, and that you are fulfilling what you're seeking in someone else, then you will attract someone that treats you the way that you treat yourself. Because that's the energy that you're putting out. Like attracts like. Law of attraction, if you are focused and committed to self-love and you're putting your feelings on a pedestal, that's what you're going to attract back. And then one of the better things about this is you will not be seeking self-validation from someone else because you're validating yourself. You're validating your own emotions. You're finding things that light you up. You are practicing self-love and self-care. When you're doing those things now, it almost makes someone else have to have something to offer you. Instead of you looking for who can validate me, who can make me feel better, like you're trying to kind of like fill this void. And I don't mean the person who sent me this DM specifically, I just mean figuratively you. When you're trying to fill this void up with another person, it's almost like that's all they can offer you. But when you are filled and you are validated and you are content and happy with who you are, then that other person can only op- offer more on top of that. So instead of them filling the void and kind of that's it, you've already filled that void and now you are feeling loved, self-sufficient, validated. They can only bring extra goodness on top of that. It can only get better with another person instead of them just kind of filling that spot for you. Now they have to have actual things to offer rather than just filling that void. 
So that's what I would do if I were single and I really wanted to focus on validating myself. Just pay attention to those emotions when they come up and focus on self-care and self-love. And I've talked about this before, but self-care and self-love doesn't always mean a bubble bath and chocolate and wine. It can if that's your thing and that's totally okay. But it also means things like making sure your needs are met, like sleep and eating however many meals a day would be necessary or healthy for you and drinking water and maybe taking vitamins if you need it or spending time outside or exercising or whatever that looks like for you. But really self-care, making sure that you're taking care of yourself because we can only live inside this body, like inside of this mind, inside of this head. And we can only be that, this person, this person that we are right now, it's the only person that we can be. And we will always be with this person, which is ourselves. And other people, significant others may come and go. They may not, they may be around forever. But you are always with yourself. You have to go to sleep with this mind. You wake up with this mind. And that's why it's the most important priority. And you should really put the way that you feel and the way that you're taking care of yourself on a pedestal because it's most important. You're going to be with you more than you're with anyone else. So take care of yourself. Now, to get into today's topic, I want to talk about the way that fear can really hold us back from the person that we want to be. Again, this is from personal experience and the experience of people, experiences of people that I know and even people that I've followed online on social media. But fear really gets in the way. And one of the reasons fear gets in the way is because our ego does not like things that are unfamiliar. So when we want to try something new, like we want to start a side hustle or we want to invest in ourselves or we want to try something new, even it's just things that aren't familiar. Our ego doesn't like our ego likes things to be predictable because when things are predictable, they are safe. And it is our ego's job to keep us safe. So we can actually hold ourselves back, not just in things that we're manifesting, but just in life. We can hold ourselves back because our ego is like, that's risky. That's scary. I don't want to do it. I want to just pull myself out of the situation. I want to crawl under a rock. I don't want to do this. I don't like it. This happens even if it's a passion of ours. Our ego can still put that fear all over us, and keep us from moving and progressing toward our goals. So I kind of want to talk about one of the ways that I have personally dealt with that fear. And it's not necessarily like, oh, this is so scary. Oh my gosh. Fear can also come in ways where it's something that would be looked at as good and positive. This is an example I've given many times, so I'm sorry if you're hearing this for like the 10th time, but something as cool as winning the lottery. Like if someone won the lottery, your first thought would be like, that's so awesome. Wow. Like, let's say like a family member or a friend of yours won the lottery. You'd be like, what? That is so cool, right? Like that's a good thing. But if we ourselves won the lottery, there's actually fear that we may hold around it. And it could be something like, well, I don't know what to do with all that money. I'm not good with money. What if I lose it all? What if certain people start knowing that I have all this money? I don't want them to know how much money I have. And there's actually fear that we hold around it because of the responsibility and risks associated with it. 
And these are all, of course, rooted in subconscious beliefs. But something as good as winning the lottery can have fear around it. So that's why I bring up the point that it may not be something that you're like, oh, this is so scary. But is as weird as it is, there is fear that comes with success because it's unfamiliar. So something that I like to do is create a lot of familiarity in my mind. Now, there's a few ways that I do this, but one of the ways that I do this is I create scenarios in my mind where I'm successful often. So this could be before I go to bed. This could be in the shower. This could be just kind of like daydreaming for 15 minutes in the middle of my day where I picture myself having the things that I want. And I picture myself enjoying the things I want. Like, for example, um, this is not something that I'm manifesting, but I'm just going to use it as an example to kind of work with. Let's say that I deliberately wanted to manifest a million followers. That, I'm not going to lie, is something I would have a ton of fear around, which is why I'm not trying to manifest a million followers. But if I did, what I would do is I would consistently visualize myself with a million followers, I would show my brain, I would show my ego, how safe it is for me to have a million followers. I would create the environment where the million people that follow me are supportive, loving, kind, like-minded, funny, and just wonderful. And I would create this supportive community in my mind. And I would create this scenario often and just show my ego, this is so safe, this is easy for me, this is natural for me, this is normal for me, this is what I was meant to do. And I would create that environment where it becomes familiar, where my ego is so used to creating this scenario scenario in my mind, like I'm so used to thinking this thought and visualizing this experience, that now it's become familiar and now it isn't such a crazy thing to think about. If you have met people in your life where like crazy things happen to them, you're like, oh my gosh, like you always have the funniest stories or you always have the weirdest experiences and you start hanging out with them enough, their stories stop seeming so crazy and it's because it starts to become familiar and you're like, oh wow, that was crazy, but it doesn't, you know, blow you away or make you like (laughs) think, how could that ever happen to anyone? And I think that happens in life and in social media. I mean, like, if you think about people's accomplishments and things that people do, like, for example, going to get your master's degree. I'm using master's degree because it's something that social media can make you think a lot of people are doing, especially maybe people that you went to high school with. And you think a lot of people are going and accomplishing this. So what it does is it kind of desensitizes you to getting a master's degree. And then when you hear about someone having a master's degree, you're like, oh, that's awesome. But you don't actually think about the weight of how maybe how hard that person had to work or like how big of an accomplishment that is. Like getting your master's degree is huge. That is a huge accomplishment. But because of platforms like social media, it makes things like that seem very common and not seem as crazy. And we could talk about even more extremes with this, but things like people passing away and people sharing lots of intimate details about that online. And there's so many instances, but basically social media has kind of desensitized us to a lot of things. In a weird way, 
that's what we want to do with our ego. We want to desensitize it to our success. We want to make our success so familiar, so thought about, and we want to think about it so often in such a positive, safe light that it doesn't become scary anymore. Because it's like, okay, yeah, I would know how to handle this. Okay, yeah, I can handle, let's say, like, you want to manifest a million followers and you've got 500,000. Like, I can handle 500,000 followers. I can handle what I currently have. And a million followers would be double of what I have. And I know I can handle what I have right now. So if I had double, I think I could handle that too. And you know what? I will see how it goes when I get there. I don't need to worry about all of that right now because I'll know how to handle it when I'm there. And really making yourself feel safe with your desire. That is one of the biggest pieces in manifestation. And I noticed that when we get into bigger things that we want to manifest, fear is what really does get in the way and hold us back. So that's one of the ways I bring in familiarity and kind of get rid of some of the fear. Another way is I like to personally watch YouTube videos or read things online or people on Instagram or just anything. I find resources of people that already have the thing that I want. And what this does is it shows my brain that this is possible. Other people have done this. They are safe. They are okay. I will be safe and okay when I have that thing as well. And it could be a thing. It could be an experience. It could be a your health. It could be whatever you want it to be. But finding evidence. So we've got our mental evidence because we're creating familiarity in our mind, but then we want some physical evidence. We want to see other people already having the thing that we want. And that way we can see that they are safe and that it's attainable. Because sometimes, I don't know if you guys have heard this phrase before. I'm sure you have, but there's a phrase. It's something like you are who you hang out with, or you are the people that you're around. And if you are around people that aren't necessarily the person that you want to be or grow into, let me say this. I don't necessarily 100% completely agree with that statement, but I do think there's some truth behind it. And that is because if you want to, if you hang out with people, let's say you've got four friends, you're always with them and they are just really complacent, don't really care about what happens in their life, and you are someone that wants to maybe manifest, or you want to be making millions of dollars, or you want to be bigger, like you have just this bigger purpose, and you're with these four friends, and they don't really care about purpose, and they they just, you know, they're just different, and you really care about your purpose, and you really want to be successful, and you're doing these things to benefit yourself and invest in yourself, I think that it makes it not seem like it's attainable. It almost makes you think you've got to work so hard. Whereas if you were around four people that were super ambitious and going after what they want and they're manifesting and they're focused on how they feel and they're setting great boundaries, they're putting their emotions on a pedestal and they are millionaires even. Like if you're hanging out with four millionaires, you are going to be desensitized to it and you're going to think This is normal. This is easy. This is attainable. If they can do it, I can do it. And that's why I like to see physical evidence of either like people in real life having something that I want, people on YouTube having something that I want. It makes it seem more realistic for my ego to accept and grasp and think, okay, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. 
So those are the two main ways. Some other things that you can do is you can really do meditation. And instead of creating familiarity, as like instead of creating familiarity being your goal, what you can do is use meditation to get into a receiving state. So when we meditate, we can go into different brainwave states. And what this will do is we'll kind of allow you to put up less resistance to the thing that you want. So let's go back to like the million dollar example or like winning the lottery. Even though it's something you want, you could hold resistance to it because it's got fear. Even though it's a great thing, there's fear behind it. Or you could hold resistance to it because you don't think it's possible or attainable. So we've done the mental part of it where we've created familiarity in our ego. And then we've done the physical part where we've seen other people attain the thing that we want. So what's next? Because of the resistance we could have, meditation is going to get us into a place where we're more open to receiving because we're more relaxed. We are focusing on our breath. We have released the tension. Our body is relaxed. We're calm. We're receptive. And when we're receptive, we're in a flow state or we're in a receptive state and an appreciation state. That's where we manifest. That's when we're in a high vibrational place. And we manifest when we're in a high vibrational place. So that's exactly where we want to be. And when we're allowing in what we want, like when we're in that receptive place where it's like we're in meditation, things aren't as scary or as threatening in that state, we can allow in that possibility easier. So allowing in that possibility is going to make it so you can manifest easier because you're not going to be putting up resistance to your manifestation. So you don't have to think about what you want when you meditate. You can just meditate for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever feels good for you. And you don't have to try and think about the thing that you want or try to visualize yourself having the thing that you want. You can just simply exist in your meditation and enjoy it and be in this receptive place. That's enough. Because it's your vibration. It's the vibration that you're putting off. So you can do that without thinking about it. Or you can do a meditation if you'd like. That could be something like a guided meditation getting you to experience your desire. You can absolutely do that too. But you can do either one. It will still get you into a receptive place. And what I find is that when I meditate more frequently, I have a larger capacity for things in my life. So it's like, I almost, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like, <laughs> I'm seeing something like in my mind, like my lungs, okay. Filling my lungs with air and being able to kind of like take that deep breath. I'm able to, to like really take a full breath <laughs> when I spend a lot of time meditating. I'm able to get a deep cleansing breath and to fill my lungs with air and really release and what it does is it gives me more capacity for the outside world. It's like, yeah, I can handle whatever comes at my comes my way because I've got capacity for it and I can handle it. And it's like when I'm meditating less, I'm getting like smaller and smaller. There's not a lot of room, not a lot of room for things. And I've really just kind of got to see like tunnel vision to get myself to the next time I can meditate or the next time I can take care of myself. So that's why I think meditating or just even taking time for you, for yourself, taking time to pray, taking time to connect with God, taking time to connect with yourself, 
whatever that looks like for you, taking that time is going to give you more capacity, put you in a receiving mode place where you have less resistance because not everything, everything won't feel like a threat. When I don't have a lot of capacity, everything feels like a threat. And my ego is like, I'm in fight or flight. I'm doing the best that I can. And now you want to manifest this scary thing. Are you crazy? No. And that's where you get the resistance. But when you have more capacity, things stop feeling like as big of a threat because you're like, I'm powerful. I can handle this. I'm worthy. I'm deserving. I've got this. I can do this. I have capacity for it. It's not as scary. So that is how basically fear can really hold us back and how we can combat that fear in order to manifest the things that we want and in order to live the life that we really want to in more of an authentic way. Because whenever I am in a place that I have more capacity, I'm more my authentic self because there's room for me to exist rather than surviving. When I'm in a real low capacity place, it's like, okay, I'm just surviving. I've just got to get through this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Tunnel vision, just surviving. When I open up to that receiving place and I get into the flow, I've got a ton of capacity. I am more me. I'm more my authentic self. And life is just so much more enjoyable that way. I am so glad that you've joined me today. I would love it if you left me a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me and helps others find me. And for even more fun, keep up with me on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the name Balanced Monday, one word, no space. I post here weekly, so make sure to come back next week for another episode of Balanced Monday. I hope you have a beautiful week, and I'm sending you tons and tons of love. I'll talk to you next time. Bye!